And now, it's time for Steamy Potential. A podcast about great ideas for terrible TV shows. It's your hosts, Nick and Daniel. Come on in. Sit down. Make yourself comfortable. Not there. Not there. That's my seat. Steak number one. <laughs> Sit in the corner, please. Tea? Coffee? Do you want a biscuit? Perhaps a Tim Tam? Mm. A betimmed oh. Tam? Tim Tams are hard to get over here, and they are, they're actually pretty famous. I think I've spoken to quite a few people who are like, oh, best thing about going to Australia is, is eating Tim Tams. It seems weird just because they're not hard to make. No, no, no. And they're not like anything special, right? They're just a bit of chocolate and biscuit. I mean, they're good. It's a good oh, recipe, good. but yeah. you, can, you can get that stuff anywhere. Like, but the expand they, on that. that you, make it. Are you suggesting you can concoct your own sort of off-brand homebrew version? Surely. Surely you can. <laughs> <laughs> I can make anything. I can make I mean, anything. like I can make Coca-Cola if I like if I have the ingredients. <laughs> I mean okay, actually I was going to I was going to use Coca-Cola as kind of the exception. Like I couldn't okay. make Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay, because of its secret herbs and spices. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I could definitely make I don't know, any cake, any Tim Tam. <laughs> On your tombstone, it will read, Nick, I could make any cake. <laughs> Died the way you lived, trying to make a cake. Like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, that ingredients, baby, I mean, how different could it be from from any other biscuit? Yeah, no, I agree. But, I mean, obviously getting that consistency is, is a big part. Like, it's so delectable and melt in your mouth. Oh, yeah, you'd need that would the be hard infrastructure. To yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You need the. I mean, okay, maybe not. I in my in my average kitchen, but mm. like I feel like there's got to be a factory in America where you are, the yeah. center of confectionery mm. uh, that can replicate the Tim Tam. Yeah, it seems very achievable. I don't understand why there aren't Tim Tams everywhere. Right, because everyone knows they exist. It's not like some best kept secret or. Yeah, I mean, it would just be like, well, why can't a company pick that recipe, reverse engineer it, and make a trillion dollars? Because at the right. moment, they have to import them from the Arnott's factory, I guess, which is, no one's really sure where that is. I Actually, isn't there a, wait, this is something maybe I do, isn't that on um, Kangaroo Island? Isn't that where they make them? Is that possible? No. <laughs> no. They tell me they make Tim Tams on Kangaroo Island? Okay, yeah. So the biscuit, wheat comes from Adelaide's Allied Mills, which makes Arnott's Tim Tams, and I think the wheat is grown on Kangaroo Island. So, yeah, I mean, like, strong Adelaide sure. representation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. That's I mean, cool. is the wheat on Kangaroo Island a little different to, to mainland wheat? I mean, I guess it's... Um, it's... Uh, what's the word? It's propagated with pure Kangaroo Island bees, which we all know mm. are very special. Ligarian. Ligarian bees. Exactly in Kangaroo yeah. Island, and even maybe they though they're special... geographically on the opposite side of the world from from Italy, yes, <laughs> there, there are no there are there some is... homesick <laughs> fucked up bees. <laughs> <laughs> there are no bees there. The Ligarian bees only reside in Kangaroo Island, South Australia. Is that true? Yes, all the bees are. That's gone why from they're so special. Lig- Liguria, Liguria. Yeah, right. That's yeah. kind of sad. 
it's like imagine taking those bees back to where their inheritance came from, taking those bees back to to Italy and having nothing there, having it be a bee wasteland, have it be completely devoid of their forefathers. Yeah, it's just sad. It would it'd be very sad. It'd be shocking. Hmm. Uh, but would it make a good TV show? Well, strangely enough, it's almost the <laughs> it's almost the uh, plotline of of my first suggestion. I don't know. Do you want to just jump into it? See, now here was I thinking. Okay, we come out the bat. We're like we're discussing. You know, this podcast is about discussing ideas for television shows. Right? And why or why not those television shows are made? Straight out of the blocks, we're talking about Tim Tams, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's fine. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. good to, to whatever. But are you, are you about to tell me that this was some elaborate... I tricked elaborate you trail into discussing that you were, these. <laughs> <laughs> that you're putting like, yes, Tim Tams, made in Kangaroo Island, Ligarian bees in Kangaroo Island. <laughs> and that Here's brings me to my idea. great <laughs> Italian comeback story. Okay. Il bello ritorno. The, the beautiful return. It is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to oh do this God. one second, but since we've gone on to <laughs> Ligurian bees, I'll start with this. Uh, we Okay, so uh, this is the pile episode. We open on an elegantly dressed man standing at a podium. He starts his speech. Benvenuto a Venezia. Welcome to Venice. I have waited a long time to say that to you, my distinguished guests. With your blessing, Italy is once more on a stable and modern path. We zoom out and the logo of the UN is on the podium. We pan around the world, uh, the room and see actual archival footage of Trump, Putin, and the world's four big M's. Merkel, May, Macron, and Morrison. The man continues. With the eyes of the world on us, we've recovered from economic crisis. We flash to the man wrestling with a guy in a bank. Political scandal. We see the man face jumping out of a window of a penthouse brothel. And the brink of war. We see the man getting extremely drunk with a group of Russian generals. The man continues, But I'm here to tell you that Europe's oldest and most luxurious institution is alive and well. The Italian royal family is back, baby! As he screams this, we smash cut to 13 years ago. So this first episode shows a soul-crushing day in the life of Emanuele Filiberto, Prince of Venice. First in line to the House of Savoy, the royal family of a country without a royal family. Emanuele is at brunch when he gets a call from the world stock. He gets a call saying the world stock market is crashing. It's 2008, it's the global financial crisis. Italy's credit has defaulted. The president is on the line and he needs a loan. Suddenly, Emanuele sees a path forward to restoring his family uh, and particularly his daughter to the throne that he's always dreamed of giving her. Except that he's a fucking idiot. So it's going to be a messy ride. <laughs> the beautiful return. Um, this is. Almost true. So this this royal family exists. I read like a news article about them a couple months ago. So there is a an Italian royal family, the House of Savoy. This guy actually is the Prince of Venice. There is a Prince of Naples who's like the leader of the family. Their their daughter is this thirteen year old. She's like first in line to the throne, and they kind of think they're still Italy's royal family. Except that Italy doesn't have a royal family. It hasn't had a royal family for like <laughs> eighty years. So I think there's a lot there. So I don't know whether you do it as like a mockumentary style follow around these guys um, as they basically try and get back to the throne. And the the idea is like it's an alternate version of reality where over the last decade they've actually managed to restore monarchy to Italy. 
Yeah. Uh, it's great. Mockumentary is exactly where my where my head was at. I'm I'm so Good. glad that it's that it's got a nice like kind of foundation of truth as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 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 makes it much more funny. Uh you also funnier. get that like um you know like the cr- I mean the world's crazy for the crown, right? But like at the heart of that is just that the crown like people care about the crown. People care about the English royal the British royal family. No one gives a fuck about this family and yet they still think they're basically the crown equivalent. In fact, they are. I think they're trying in one of the lines in this article was that they're trying to make like their own TV show crown equivalent that takes themselves really, really seriously. Wait, did you say that, 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 that there is that TV show? So, okay. Sorry. Maybe did I freeze? Yeah. Totally. Um, so, yeah. So in, in this article, they describe that they are trying to get off the ground. I, I know this is a very like meta. They, the actual Royal family is trying to get off the ground an Italian equivalent of the crown based on their family's history. <laughs> like, as if, of course, anyone gives a fuck, but no one does because they're just a spoiled, deluded, pretender group of people that are like... I mean, half of them are like exiled to Russia and France. They're not allowed back in Italy because they supported Mussolini during <laughs> World War II. So they're just totally broken. <laughs> right. So no one likes them. Yeah, this is... this is very, it, it reminds me, uh, you know, I get a little like hint of of arrested development coming mm. through like you know this like despicable family that kind of think of themselves as like the top-notch wealth of like yeah their, so their spoiled yeah uh but and i also love that like you, you say they're trying to get a, a tv show like the crown off off the ground as part of i guess their pr campaign yeah. to get people to want them to be their royals again like that mm-hmm. that should be in this tv show that should be in this mockumentary you're that, exactly like, right that's a good point yeah like that they're you know i think <laughs> you know even i can see this you've got these guys and you've got also the pr slash like the people who are kind of helping them like create that yeah. get themselves <laughs> back to the top okay it's, but then that begs the question is is this show the show they're trying to get made or is this show like the mockumentary making of that or, or is just that crown show just a kind of single plot line like maybe that's a couple episodes those that i, I part think of that's the story. a that's a plot line or yeah it's okay. something that's that's not that's such a big for me anyway i yeah. i, I kind of yeah yeah i feel as like the mo- the mockumentary is about their rise to power or we're trying to yeah, return to power and yeah. everything they do to try and <laughs> kind of <laughs> restore that glory yeah. From treating people in cafes like they're a bunch of fucking assholes to like yeah. to trying to get their own TV show off the ground to just anything, I guess, like great making yeah. their own podcast, anything to <laughs> yeah to glory. like sp- to spruik the the Filiberto fuck what's his name again Filiberto is their like surname um yeah they I mean, the, apparently no one knows who they are so like. The 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 Times article, like the journalist, went to their home city, like the city that their family, because they own houses all around Europe, but they have like a central city, kind of like a you know the their central um, palace or whatever. No one knows, no one's heard of the only person that they could find that had heard of it was like the historian of the town. Um, but of course, to them, they're like, well, of course, Italy is waiting for our return. Um, so I think you get a lot of Arrested Development. I think I see it kind of Arrested Development meets The Crown meets kind of a House of Cards 
but a funny House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. Like where he's not going for the president. He's going for some meaningless got, position. <laughs> See, exactly. It's not even... You don't have power if you're a king. No. You're, you're merely a figurehead. Yeah, that's... that. Yeah, it's... um, and, and the more sincere and more, like, expectant that they will return to glory, the, yeah, the, the funnier it will be. Yeah. Um, and also, and everyone... Like, you know, obviously, you... I like, I, I like... Yeah, they should be as close to like the real thing as possible. So, and it's nice because I think even, even our Italian audience, which is, you know, a big audience, mm-hmm. even they're going to get about this because it sounds to me like no one's on the side of this Royal <laughs> family, but yeah, they're them. not going to be insulted. Yeah. You're not going to insult the Italian people. You it's win-win. It is. And I, uh, and yeah, I think like that's... starting with maybe the, f- a full episode of just them just sucking real hard. Like the, his job is basically nowadays is maybe to like cut ribbons at, I don't know, like frozen yogurt store openings or like, he's kind of like, it's a novelty thing, right? You bring in the Prince of Venice, the house of Savoy, like they don't, they're just businessmen at this point. Like one of them owns a um, tire company in Moscow. I mean, they're they're wealthy, I think, but they're still just, you know, uh, figureheads for a non-existent family. I think there's a lot of good yeah. stuff there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, even that's where it starts. Like, they're, like those ribbon ceremonies, I think, needs to, like, turn them on. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah they actually like, love like, it. <laughs> they, like, this is, like, step one. It's like, yes. Like, you know, they rock up to the to a, like, ribbon-cutting ceremony for that, yeah, a frozen something <laughs> yeah. unimportant. They're just referring to everyone there as their, like, subjects <laughs> and, like, you know. Just constantly be, holding yeah. out their ring finger to be kissed. No one knows what the <laughs> fuck they're doing. <laughs> no one knows who they are. Like, their PR agent has set this up. Like, the frozen yogurt stand is getting money to let them cut the ribbon like yeah. this is <laughs> it's like they're paying to <laughs> be allowed to cut the ribbon yeah yeah you know they they just apply their own ribbon you know i think that <laughs> yeah that would they... actually be a good like very first scene <laughs> is them like did you bring it oh fuck i forgot the ribbon <laughs> so they just like tie a bunch of belts together or like some extension cord or something and they have to get some kind of like the scissors are going to make their way through these belts <laughs> the like front page picture is a well-dressed italian royal cutting through a belt with a saw <laughs> And they are stoked about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's step one. We're back in the papers, baby. <laughs> back in the press. Page, page nine, baby. <laughs> you see him like, like sticking it into his scrapbook, his big scrapbook of their comeback. <laughs> yeah, great. So, talk me, talk me through. Um, so, it starts with they're at the UN, right? And then we got a thirteen-year flashback. So, is I this, think this. this so, yeah, like yeah, I, I don't know what the arc exactly is. I think, you, I think you want to show that they've basically made it, and that's that's kind of the you don't have to worry about them. They've definitely made it. Com- present day is Italy has a royal family, and then maybe the first season, first two seasons, I'm not sure, is that process is like is each of the ma- major events from the last whatever twenty years, thirteen years that have led to to them getting back in power. 
Um, and then, and I think it would be fun to actually take real events in you know over the last fifteen years and twist them and like use real footage of uh, you know when was this two thousand eight like Obama winning, Trump winning, um, you know historical. I can't think of anything else that's happened in the last twelve, thirteen years. But look at Wikipedia. <laughs> I you know if I was writing it, I'd look at Wikipedia and I'd probably search for something like what's happened in the last thirteen years. Yeah, I kind of scroll down that, that first. list. <laughs> yeah. I, definitely, I would Google, you know, what's happened. Oh. <clears throat> Give us that last thought again, if you could. Um, have a big Google, go through the list, and that determines your plot for the next two seasons. Where Brilliant. They try and exploit all of Europe's crises to to their benefit, I think. Right. So you're saying it. So you're relying on, on, on real history in the last decade it could so prompt it's, it's some of the i guess i'm just trying to think of like i i like the structure of the crown i i like that it takes as as a prompt um historical events not always you know maybe one of every two or three episodes is like this is when they go you know remember when they went to australia remember when there was the falklands war and so on and but that of course is just a you know a prompt point to to then to explore some family dynamics or something. I think you would... Yeah, great. great. I, I like that structure, and I think you'd do a similar thing where you'd be like, um, you know, the Iran, like, nuclear disarmament or something, and he, and this... And Europe needs a neutral party, someone that doesn't have a vested interest, to, to uh, negotiate with Iran. And so they send this, you know, <laughs> pretender Italian royal, and he goes and, like, almost like fucks everything up and totally destroys the deal yeah, great, but then manages great, to pull great. through at the last minute you know and wins like okay he's back on the sort of world stage that kind of stuff i think like you could have a lot of fun with his um him taking himself extremely seriously yeah 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 so i it feels like you've got a nice it's a mockumentary based on a royal family almost kind of a little bit like uh, what we do in the shadows um mm. Yeah. style TV show, which I haven't seen the, the TV series, but I saw the original film. Um, yeah, I haven't seen the show either. Is it still New Zealand-ish? Or did they fucking take it to the moon, make it American or English or something? <laughs> I think it's still New Zealand-ish. Oh, good. Very good. I think, but I can't confirm that. And you base that um, on? I base that on absolutely nothing. <laughs> absolutely. What we do in the shadows. Uh, TV show. Uh, well, yeah, okay. The writers are the the core team. You got good, uh, yeah. You got Ratiti and you got um, Clemens, mm-hmm. um, Clement. Sorry, so there, you know, okay. Yeah, you got the the good New Zealanders nailing out the script. So still in charge, not, still Great. in charge. Though it is filmed mainly in Canada. Hmm. Go figure. Whatever, whatever that means. But yes, so like, uh, yeah. So this yeah, TV show's got flashes of that kind of comedy mockumentary style. Yeah. Yeah, do you, do you think that the the fact that they that you know that they make it, do you think that undermines the mm. uh, the kind of like quest, the futility of it all, or do you think it like boosts it? Like in some ways, yeah, do, do, yeah. How do you? I'm just not sure whether or not that's a it's that's a good, necessarily a good thing that you know that they they do make it. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think there's something nice about seeing them in a powerful position. Like I, I like in general, I like having a kind of like mixed chronology, you know, like switching time. But I think you 
you're right. Maybe that pulls away from the tension of. Um, I'll go again. I think you're right. I think that pulls away from the tension of of will they, won't they? And so maybe you can get have your cake and eat it too. Maybe you like show them on the cusp of getting back. Maybe it's like maybe because they probably need to have a an a referendum or something, right? So maybe it's the night of the referendum. And he's giving this like excited speech, and he's like, "We think we've got the votes. We think we're going to make it." And then it's flashback. Um, yeah, maybe that's a way of building this hype I've, of like, "This is going somewhere. This is becoming a massive thing. This is not just some. It's not just going to be you know twelve episodes of this guy making a fool of himself and cutting ribbons. There is a an end goal to this thing, but we don't know if he makes it yet. Yeah, fabulous. Mm. Um, who can you see in it, if anyone famous at all? Do you, do you see? Can you picture a particular... Like, I can't really see. No, I can't really either. And and I almost think that if you stuck someone famous in there or known in there, it might spoil the kind of, like, the mockumentariness of it. You know, like, I always enjoy yeah. a good mockumentary when I'm like, but wait, is <laughs> it real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, are vampires real? Like, yeah, yeah I feel... <laughs> I feel as though that... You know, it's the same thing when I watched... 12 Years a Slave, and I saw when uh, Brad Pitt entered the, f- the frame. I'm like, ah, there's a famous person. Oh, They're I thought you meant, important. like, wait, did this really happen? Or was slavery just made up? <laughs> or is this a mockumentary? Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great. Well, I mean, yeah, I for this 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 mockumentary based on having mm-hmm. truth, I, I, I can see at least, I can see three really solid seasons. Really mm. solid seasons. I don't think, I think with all kind of mockumentary style shows or films that I've ever seen, I really do feel like they have a natural conclusion. I even think like three seasons would be a good innings for a mockumentary because I feel like, mm. yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'd be happy with three. I mean, like The Crown, you know, that's got a natural end at the death of Queen Elizabeth II in oh, 2019. Spoiler. Oh, fuck. Um, but. Yeah, this, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe like end of season two, he gets to be king again. And then the third season is uh, widely considered to be less good than the first two, but still solid. And it's him like Mm -hmm. trying to hold onto the crown. Mm -hmm. Um, Season three, widely considered to be not as good as the first two, but it's him trying to hold onto the crown. And then maybe he loses it again. And then Italy remembers why they got kicked him out (laughs) in the first place. Starts trying to erect statues of. Of the Muz. Of the Muz. <laughs> of the Muz. The big Muz. Yeah. Il Duce. Uh, Great. Yeah. Great. All right. That is TV show one done. What did you call it? Um, Il Bello Ritorno. The Beautiful Return. Fabulous. Fabulous. All right. Let's take a short break uh, mm-hmm. with a word from our sponsor. And we'll be back with the second TV show idea for this episode six of Professional Friends. Is your little pooch hungry? Well, better go buy him some food then. Food for your dog. You can feed an ice cream cake to your dog, to your dog. You can make a turkey and a cherry coke for your dog. You can feed another fucking dog to your dog. Cause a dog's gotta eat and you got a dog that you gotta feed. So feed your fucking dog. Dog food in supermarkets. Cause... Dog's got to eat, and you got a dog. And welcome back to Professional Friends, where we discuss great ideas for terrible TV shows. Or I like to think that they're good TV shows. Just, for some reason, I believe none of them will ever get made. 
Yeah, I don't think we shouldn't sell ourselves short here. I think these are these ideas have potential with mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. energy or effort to actually get them made put behind them. That's right. Yeah. I mean, like the energy and effort is here the podcast and like we we're going to turn this into a coffee table book, you know. Yeah. It seems like you could just flick through and there's some ideas for television shows. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like some someone will run by, maybe. Yeah, you know what? Um, like TV shows that I really hate, though, as yeah. like the lowest common fucking style of television show. And I, I just saw one advertised on Stan recently. It's those TV shows where, like, uh, it's basically a compilation of video clips that they've found on the internet and they present to you. Do you mean like a. Like a Tosh 2.0 or a, um, I th- yeah, I think I know what you mean. Do you, do you have a example of a name? Uh, ridiculousness. Host Rob Derrick showcases the most hilarious viral viral videos. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> like that's nothing. Go to hell. Because <laughs> at least at least like funniest home videos that was. Like that was curated. People had to take the video, send it in, and then they had no other way of getting the video out there other than funny stone videos. Like that was that's the platform. This yeah. already has a platform. <laughs> it's YouTube. Yeah. It's or YouTube. TikTok. Or it's TikTok or it's Instagram Reels or it's Facebook or it's whatever. What yeah. it definitely is, don't don't pay fucking Rob Derek or what the hell his name is, bunch of money to like show me which YouTube videos a bunch of people have like found and compiled yeah. for him. Yeah. You're it's not even like, like the You're not even like panning for gold because YouTube's algorithm finds the gold for you. You're just you're shooting gold in a pan barrel. Like he says he finds the best viral videos. These videos are already viral. People have already <laughs> yeah. fucking seen them. Like you're not doing anyone any favors except yourself. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, it would these, be different these. if, like, if they found videos that weren't yet viral, and then videos became viral because of the show. But that doesn't happen because these the the very group of people that would make such a show as this are exactly the ones that are too lazy to sift through and like genuinely <laughs> yeah. hunt for new material. For new material, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're um, yeah, they're the worst. These, yeah, they're the worst kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Get these things, just like we don't. I don't need another way to access viral videos as well. I certainly don't want to pay a subscription to a to some TV show thing to watch videos I can see for free. Like, <laughs> <laughs> certainly don't want to hear Rob Derek or whatever the hell his name is. Fucking. Giving me his thoughts on these viral videos. Don't I want that. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Life is that's tough. that. Life is tough. You ready for episode number two? Uh, TV show number two. <clears throat> this TV show is called Reverend Pain. Mm. Set in the 1960s. Period piece. James Jimmy Payne is a murderous man of God. He's a traveling priest that moves through New Zealand with a pop-up chapel that he likes to call his inflator chapel his mission is to spread the good word of god and to cleanse each town that he visits of sin when people come to him with problems or confess uh, he fixes them fixes their problems with brilliantly devised and elaborate murder schemes murdering away their problems he gives out flyers holds a service confession stays a few nights and then gets on his way leaving behind no trace 
Meanwhile, on his trail are two hot federal agents trying to、mm. track a killer. And by two hot federal agents, I mean attractive, like David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. Great, so, very attractive.、Uh, so that is the that is the TV show. It, it was more of an idea for a, a character <laughs> that I have morphed into an. Potential engine for a television show, so yeah. So basically,、uh, pilot idea could be Reverend Payne moves into a small, small coastal town in New Zealand, maybe something like Kekaringu, and whilst conducting. Make that up. <laughs> no, I just googled small New Zealand coastal town. New Zealand. That get that a job. Up. Kekaringu,、yeah. uh, and whilst conducting confession, I don't know. He discovers that the the new supermarket is killing the local mum and pop general store. Mm. Mm. So、uh, he lures the owner of the the big supermarket into a trap, where they slide, I guess, on a trolley into the front、yeah. of the store. The head smashes through the glass, cutting them up, and they bleed to death. And now no one wants to go in there because it's the sixties, and people are like, oh, death. Yeah. No, oh, the New Zealander. Boo, boo, death, death. Oh, not death. I don't know. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, this is this is a good character. I think that's enough. Like, it's a good enough character. It's a good enough concept. It's kind of like a Dexter morality, right? Did you get around Dexter?、Mm. I I did not get around Dexter, but I understand he was a like a forensic policeman. Yeah, <laughs> that killed、yes. people. Is that am I am I touching yeah, yeah, something? Yeah, you're touching it right on the hole.、Uh, <laughs> I think he was a blood spatter. Splatter, spatter, blood. That's gonna bug splatter? me. Splatter, a BS、yeah. technician of some sort, and、um, yeah, would kill. Would he himself kill murderers on the side?、Um, ah, okay, great. So, so he had a, like a clear morality. How, how does the priest kind of get up in the morning? Is it like, what's his ethics system? Because he's killing people for you know what I would call fairly petty crimes, economic crimes, for example. Uh, yeah, I like to think of him as he's just returning the status quo. <laughs> okay, with murder. Wait, okay, so、with、the、murder. status quo being like the golden age of, like the so okay, take the mum pop example. Is it like well, back in the day when you know old Mrs. Jefferson on the corner ran her corner store? That's what that we should get back to. That we shouldn't have these big woolies and Safeway and so on. What well, yeah, it is. It's it's set in the sixties, so ah,、uh, true,、um, yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, maybe that was、uh, a bad. Maybe that's not the kind of way he, he should devise his his deaths. But I, I do think that often they are like. I mean, yeah, it's he's not murdering inherently bad people. Great, yeah, <laughs> no, just, I think that's good. It's it's very. That's almost too easy. If、thing. he was killing bad people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's doing the wrong thing, one hundred percent. But like, he's still murdering people that are like dicks, and so、yeah. still like, ah,、uh, the guy, like,、uh, the guy that runs the big supermarket, like, he's、yeah. a, he's a, he's a dick. He's a real dick. He's not likable. I mean, he shouldn't die, but he's Reverend Payne and is with his inflator chapel. Yeah, and he's gonna I, fix these yeah, problems. I, I, I really like that. It's kind of like kind of the level of like hot fuzz, the kind of people that they would kill, right? It was just people who maybe、right. left,、yeah. like their their dog would shit on the lawn, 
and after like two warnings, then the the town council then they're murder out. them or whatever. Um, yeah, oh, spoilers, spoilers. But um, and they're being hunted by are these New Zealanders as well. Are they like aware that there's a serial killer on the loose? No, no, and that's and that's why I think like it's kind of important to set it in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, why? I th- what's the reasoning for the sixties? Other than the sixties, just been a generally groovy time to set a show. I mean, it is definitely a, a groovy time. Um, fun to explore the decor and the music. Yeah, uh, especially of New Zealand. I, think, I don't think I know much about sixties New Zealand. Wait, were, were no. people in New Zealand in the sixties apart from Maoris? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were still, it was, yeah, they were still making Mount Doom. I don't know. Middle Earth yeah. joke. Too late. Insert. To think of it. Yeah. Uh, insert. We'll edit in a joke later. Just just laugh with me now. <laughs> just laugh. Kind of like a old <laughs> oh, yeah, era. That was very funny. Yeah, very yeah. funny. Um, Sauron still walked the earth. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. <clears throat> uh, what was I, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, is there any other, oh, like, yeah, logic for it being the 60s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think, I think part of that as well is, I really feel like a traveling murderer mm-hmm. probably could have gotten away with it in the 60s a lot. Like, I think it'd be really, really tough. Everyone's got smartphones. There's yeah. cameras everywhere. Bloody Google. <laughs> it's you really know, hard just, to get away with murder. I think, yeah, I think it's day. really, yeah, it's, it's. Really tough, and yeah. I, I feel like maybe you've got these like FBI agents, and they're kind of maybe following FBI. I say FBI, whatever it is in New Zealand that they have, mm. that is the equivalent of the X Files, <laughs> yeah, duo, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Um, I think that you know maybe these two cops that are on their trail, they're kind of following down one route that they think that, you know they don't know that it's a priest or anything, but they're like kind of connecting a few murders in different small towns. Mm. And then eventually they kind of connect, you know, this, then, you know, they're kind of not on the right tra- trail, but then, I don't know, they murder, s- the the priest messes up or murders someone in a particular way and, and they kind of start to get a little bit closer. Yeah. That's why I said it in the 60s. Um, There's also probably a good argument that, like, I the whole concept of serial killing as a criminological uh, phenomenon. I don't think it really like had a name before the fifties or sixties, right? I, I, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there's there's you know this whole like behavioral psychology, like trying to create a um, profile of a killer. Like this is that's a fairly modern thing, and I think it's nice that this is before that because like nowadays they'd be like, okay, always kills people who sin. You know, obviously repressed sexual identity and they'd kind of sketch out and then they'd put all the pieces together and do like a guess who and it's a priest and they're like all right hunt down all the priests in new zealand but back in the day they didn't know how to do that for some reason seems pretty obvious they now, had no idea they had no idea I'm pretty sure to people think in the olden days it. were idiots <laughs> <laughs> some of them were i think um <laughs> not like today no <laughs> the modern day everyone i so got smart today Oh, so fucking bright. Um, but okay, maybe but that's yes. part of the joke. Is like it's written from the point of view of a modern person who doesn't really understand how the sixties, like people solved crime in the sixties. <laughs> like, like sometimes, sometimes the episodes they don't even have electricity yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> guess he, like, thought there was no electricity in the 60s. <laughs> he's trying to, like, predict who's going to, like, yeah, where the next murder is going to take place. And rather than just putting pinpoints on a map and, like, triangulating it, he starts throwing, like, pig intestines onto the ground and, like, trying to crack the code of where the pig, pig intestines were going to land on the map. Yeah, That's probably keep, the 60s. Um, breaking for pagan... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have to keep breaking for their pagan rituals and... Yeah, why not? Uh, but, yeah, so 1960s... Priest going from town to town, murdering people. So I think the the FBI is is kind of like it's like plot B. That's like bubbling in the background. That's keeping okay. the um, overall story arc kind of moving along as these that FBI tension. agents slowly, yeah, yep. the tension track them down. But really, the like day to day episodes is Priest. Maybe sometimes the episodes he's in one town for two or three episodes. Sometimes he just comes into that town, murders. And moves out. And I think the joy is seeing the kind of like clever and elaborate ways in which this priest kind of hones in. It's very, very clever and quick about kind of setting up a profile for their victim and then very good at making it always look like an accident. I didn't yeah. see Dexter, but in my understanding was Dexter like kind of dismantled them a bit or was it? Yeah, I'm, because he knew how the forensics worked so thoroughly. He could either make it look like an accident or perfectly, like he was so methodical and clinical about killing them without any evidence left behind. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. Maybe it's too easy, but how do you feel about Reese Darby as the priest? There might, you might be on the money there. Like having this priest, like in my mind, it was kind of like more of a serious figure, but maybe having someone who's like so upbeat and happy mm. and silly as Reese Darby that it might, it might actually work well when like this priest is like, you know, comes into the the office of the supermarket person is like, well, hello. Yeah. I just wanted to, yeah. So unassuming and so chat to you about some things. Gentle. It's like, oh, yeah. of course, of course, Padre. It's like, right. Let me just. But, and maybe then he becomes deadly serious when he goes into his his killing mode. Like maybe that that is maybe his kind of alter ego is the upbeat priest. But his like when he's alone and he's staring in the mirror, maybe it's fucking really intense. Like, maybe it's basically a horror, but with moments of comedy when he's out and about interacting with this small town. It's kind of a, yeah, like a genuine horror comedy. There's not too many that really hit hit the nail on the head other than, say, some, like, Simon Pegg kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess, actually, it does have a bit of that kind of, yeah, like, as you say, like, hot fuzz, I think, was something that, that you suggested. Yeah, um, that and... Um, you know, like Shaun of the Dead and so on. Yeah, yeah, in so much that, yeah, he is, yeah, extremely gory, mm-hmm. but still, like, <laughs> bizarre and, and and funny. So, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like hot fuzz if, spoiler, like, roles reverse. It's just one person coming in, returning mm. the status quo, murdering yeah. people in some really disgusting, brutal ways. I guess in some ways I kind of, maybe the priest could be like, um, uh... Timothy Dalton. Mm, wow. Who was in Hot Fuzz. Yeah, he was too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, he was he was quite good because he was so upbeat and, like, always using kind of double entendre yeah. <laughs> yeah. for the, like, you know, 
They're always kind of about murdering people, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, if we cracked your head open, the secrets that would spill out and then later on <laughs> He's such a like... sinister man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like having Reese Darby play that could be quite fun. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, how long does this last? I certainly, I actually think you could get, you could almost do a Flight of the Concords thing, not to like harp on the Reese Darby, but like you could do a couple seasons in New Zealand and then when it takes off, you know, take it overseas. What's his name? What's yeah. does the priest yeah, have yeah. a name? Our father, what's it called again? Uh, J- Jimmy Payne. Reverend Payne. Payne. Reverend Payne. Payne. As uh, a fun, fun plan word. <laughs> hmm. I spent all night thinking that one. I hope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Yeah, we don't want to don't want to feed the horse too much. <laughs> no, no, don't want to make it too no. easy. <laughs> no, no, no. I want people to really think about it. I spent this one fifteen hours thinking. come up yeah. with a perfect name, <laughs> and that was Reverend Pain. Great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think. Um, yeah, I think if you know the engine, the engine could last forever. Yeah. Yeah. In theory. As long as you're, yeah. As long as you've got a fucking, especially especially if you make it, if you introduce a bit of that um, kind of cry, like crime solving heat, where do you know Midsummer Murders? Yes, in fact, that's how I got to this. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You know, like small origin- town, terrible crime, who done it? Kind of a Agatha Christie thing. Um, that's gone. F- there would be. Many hundreds of those episodes, right? That's oh, yeah, gone forever. Yeah. Originally, what I wanted to do was like a Midsummer Murder, except you don't reset it at the end of each episode. So these <laughs> yeah. small towns, this one small town, <laughs> is just getting smaller and smaller because yeah. one half of the population are in prison for murder, and the yeah. other half are obviously dead. Yeah. <laughs> so That's like good. slowly, and then by the end of the the series. Um, it's funny, I've this also thing. actually had that thought, like, and I think that is part of the kind of underlying joke of Midsummer Murder, Midsummer Murders, where this town, is it the town's called Midsummer, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think so. But they, like, yeah, as you say, they reset, and it really annoys me because I think there could be a lot of comedy there of just referring back to all the deaths and them not understanding that it's unusual, like just assuming this is just small town life and like, you know, well, the world is, is a dangerous place and you just make your way through it. And, and my family is basically down to two people. No one runs this, like the corner shop anymore. The school is empty, but we're still like planting <laughs> and still gossiping at church and so on. There's no, yeah, yeah. There's like no teachers left because the fucking murdered everyone. All the kids are like piled into one room, but half their parents are incarcerated or murdered. <laughs> it's just like this. Like there's there's a problem with this town. Statistically, it's an anomaly. The yeah. whole of England, <laughs> this crime rate is up twenty thousand <laughs> percent. But then maybe each season is a different town. Like, maybe you start off, first episode of each season, you introduce the 50 people that live in that town. They, like, slowly all get murdered, and the final episode is just a pan across of this totally empty town. Um, Reverend Payne, you know, dusts his hands, packs his Bible, and moves on to the next one, next season. (laughs) No one ever suspects the priest. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Each season, he clears out of town. Just totally clears out. Great. Yeah. Uh, but yes, so depending on um, how good the writers are, obviously we come up with the ideas, but there's no way that we could ever write this. Um, no. As long as you have some good writers. You know, in theory, any TV show could last forever. And so I award this one the Infinity Prize. <laughs> <laughs> The much uh, no, sought after uh, <laughs> Nick Conway <laughs> Infinity Prize. Wow. Uh, I, th- I think you could get a good uh, three seasons. For me, it's like if, you, if you're having this kind of like, once again, you know, even two, like I don't want to see, I think it, it would, personally, I get annoyed when it's like you've got this kind of like cops honing in on a thing and they just drag it on forever. Like that annoys me. I hate it when TV shows are like, trying to solve a crime and they they just kind of drag it out for three seasons it's like nah let's get to the monkey yeah i want to i want to say two but seasons you, you want to be rich don't you friend like <laughs> I, if this follows the rules of of like british crime things you know midsummer murders and this is actually the weird exception to the normal british rule of everything is two or three seasons right and america goes forever the yeah. british like paradigm of i'm thinking of like what's a few of them doc martin Yes. You know, these kind of shows that are usually on at like 3 p.m. on ABC or something, and they just go forever, and they're not about anything. It's just like a, ch- a charming the, small town the Inspector Morse, Inspector right. Jack Frost, yeah. Doc Martin. Touch of Frost, yeah. Touch um, of Frost, that's it. Yeah, just, just very mild and very approachable and therefore yeah. last forever. Someone's yeah, getting extremely uh, rich off this yeah, uh, format. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what you're suggesting is we just turn that into that? Yeah, just have. I, I, like but you realize the first no two seasons like, I mean, really those, good. All those TV shows are based on someone solving a murder. But this is the opposite, right? This is someone doing it. Yeah, you kind of subvert that paradigm, and you see the murder, and then you know, kind of like the the problem solving of those shows is who done it. But maybe the problem solving of these is maybe it's who did he kill? Maybe like it starts with him burying a body in every episode and then it cuts back in time like oh, the week before and he just goes around seeing all these people that he just hates and are sinning <laughs> and you're trying to figure out hmm, who would he have killed and then it's only like in the last scene that he finally all the pieces it. come together and it's like ah, oh, he killed the supermarket guy that makes yeah sense. yeah like you see him, you see him, yeah, buying all the parts constantly, right? Like, right, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. He's piecing together this plan. What's he gonna do with that hammer? I guess <laughs> something. <laughs> I guess. All right, he's he's bought a sauna. Interesting. Let's yeah. see where this. He's bought goes. a lot of frozen peas. What's gonna happen? Oh, what's gonna happen here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun, very fun. <laughs> okay, okay. So we ring it out for, as said, infinity episode. Infinity. <laughs> A British infinity. An imperial infinity. infinity. (laughs) It's either going to go for six episodes or forever. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Um, Shall we take it to the bridge? Reverend Payne. Please. We'll be right back after these sponsored announcements. So get on down to Barney and Sons weatherboarding for all your carpentry and weather beating after fucked it. Um, Can we go again? How much is it for another take? 800. How much? Oh, but Daddy only gave me another three, Andy. Um, um, I'll, I'll try and fit it in. How long have I got? About ten seconds. Okay, um, 
So, Barney and Sons, because uh, your house deserves the... Oh, oh Daddy's not going to be happy. No, Daddy, don't hit me on the internet radio, Daddy. Oh, Daddy. And welcome back to Professional Friends, where we discuss great ideas for great television shows, changing that up. You're with your professional friends, Nick and Dan. Uh, we are almost out of time, uh, so we're going to... We got a we got a short one, Dewey Dan, to squeeze in. We're just going to have a little bite-sized um, pitch and get right to it because we are running low on time. So, all right, here we go. The idea is young Sheldon versus young Rocky. We find a young Sheldon Cooper of Big Bang Theory fame in a parallel competing show to Young Sheldon, the popular new show. Uh, He's entering his first year of high school, and wouldn't you know it, he's been put in a class with a young Rocky Balboa. At first, sparks fly, and the two seem to have little in common. But by episode three, the two are tight, having both signed up to a chess boxing class. And the big tournament is coming up. (laughs) Young Sheldon versus young Rocky. Okay, love. Unusual mashups. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. In fact, I think it should be a regular segment of this podcast. Is I think it someone should. pitches strange. Just take two TV IPs, <laughs> two like sets of two universes, and just fucking ram them Fuck right it. together. And I think you've almost found the perfect like opposite, which is the world of Sheldon and the mm-hmm. world of Rocky Balboa. Now, um, box chess boxing—that's real, isn't it? That's this like, is a real thing. And it's a real it's, sport. It's exactly what you think it is, um, and it's it's funny because the people that you the people that are good at it are exactly who you'd think. Like you've got Russian people who are you know big, burly, like Eastern European, but those communities are often very good at chess as well. So you actually <laughs> get like really good chess players and really fit boxers who can just go round for round. Great endurance, great strength. Um, yeah, it's it's actually beautiful to watch because like you. You know, the the boxing rounds are timed and then they play speed chess. They sit down, like in the ring. Um, they'll bring back the, the board out after they've finished their boxing Okay, they round. don't leave it out there just in case it gets knocked. I, yeah, I don't think they do. Maybe some versions do, but yeah, they'll, they'll just scooch that out of the way while they're brawling and then bring it back, all the pieces, hopefully still in the same place, and then just slam, bang, 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 back and forth. It's really good. So is, is it is it the winner is the one who either knocks someone out or like <laughs> knocks out the king, or is it that is yeah, it a exactly. point based system? No, well, I guess um, that's actually a good question. I think it is the kind of the more official version of it is win by either knockout or technical knockout or checkmate. One of those two yeah. has to happen. Versus, say, a typical boxing. I don't know boxing very well, but I think you can just run out the time and whoever has the most points at the end. I yeah, don't think that yeah, makes yeah. sense here, right? Because there's no natural end. Unless speed chest, you have a certain amount of time. You do. Then... Like speed chest, obviously you've got 10 minutes and then once time's yeah. out, time is out. Well, you okay, have your maybe, own maybe, clock, so yeah. Yeah. Maybe but then that's, I, you, that's I mean, I guess you get points for taking pieces, do you? I'm sure. I'm yeah, sure I guess so. I know very little about chess and I know very little about boxing. Yeah, um, but I know an awful lot about Boxing, chess boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and it forms... And Balboa and Young Sheldon. <laughs> and, and Sheldon Cooper. And that forms basically the entire premise. That, like, chess, chess boxing is a thing, and that these two people 
are only good at one of those things, so they need to like band together. Natural right, so enemies, but they want to mm-hmm. teach each other. Yeah. So in in this world, you're it's not one person boxing and chess. It's actually um, they're they're teaming up, or is it that like they're helping each other? They're both entrants. I in think they're chess helping boxing. each other. Yeah, I think they're like Rocky is training Sheldon to box, and vice versa. And I think you get a lot of juice out of that the first few episodes. And then you finally get to the end of the like, I don't know, the third season and it's like they're like facing each other. Two best friends. Yeah. They've trained each other in their own art. Who's gonna Yeah. Who's exactly. gonna come on top? They know one all thing each that I, best tricks. <laughs> one thing I think is really important is that um you cast the, the kid that is in Young Sheldon as Young Sheldon mm-hmm. and you cast <laughs> Sylvester Stallone <laughs> as <laughs> as young Rocky. <laughs> I think that is really key, and I think the first scene has to be, it's, you know, kind of like a saving, save the cat thing where you show that they're both good at their thing. They first yeah. turn up, and it has to be like, it has to prove that they're both good, which is yep. that young Sheldon beats Balboa in a chess match, and you and it's, and it's like, oh, that's really embarrassing for Rocky. Now there's a, back, a boxing match, and Balboa beats the <laughs> shit out of this young boy. Who is fucking... sixty years his junior? <laughs> <laughs> this seventy-year-old muscle and we're meant to believe they're pummels. both thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> he's in a tiny school uniform, and his giant fist fucking knocks this thirteen-year-old kid to the fucking ground. <laughs> Yeah, he's just Sylvester Stallone is not letting go of that intellectual property unless he is getting cast. <laughs> yeah, he wants to hit a kid, otherwise he's not doing it, <laughs> and he will not yeah, settle yeah, yeah. for a stunt kid. It's got to be the real deal. <laughs> it's got to be the real kid. Yeah, he wants to break, much like uh, his um, Rambo films. Break the mm-hmm. record for the most ever deaths in a film. He wants yeah. to break the record for the most amount of kids punched <laughs> <For> them <laughs> in the first ten minutes of the pilot. <laughs> yeah, I give it one episode based on the fact that you punched a bunch of kids in the. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, after cancel. you have to replace all those kids that are now permanently not, disabled. Not to mention <laughs> this kind of uh, this. Um, you know, bootlegged IP of the Big Bang Theory that no one has approved. <laughs> How did you get this kid on set? He's meant to be filming Young Sheldon. Did you just kidnap him this, in a taxi? Uh, this... <laughs> I give this television show six minutes because the first scene is this scene. <laughs> and then they kill that kid and they're going to shut this thing down. <laughs> shut it down. Well, good. <laughs> Great. Still a pilot Great. episode. Still still counts. Still, still counts. counts for the coffee table book. <laughs> um, but that is surely all the time we have for this it episode, is. right, Nick? That's it sad, is. We have, sad time. We're, hitting, we're hitting one hour 18. Um, well, thank you, listeners, oh. for joining us for episode six. Uh, what do we have? We looked, looked, looked back on those three. What was that? We had... We had uh, Il... Bello Ritorno, The Beautiful Return, we had, uh, which was about the now defunct royal family of Italy making a comeback um, to present day, you know, sort of alternative 
sort of fantasy fiction sort of thing. Um, right, we had um, Reverend Payne. Right, which was about a reverend who goes around uh, murdering people to restore the status quo to small towns in New Zealand, while two FBI agents are hot on the trail mm-hmm. trying to find this latest serial killer. And of course, who can forget Young Sheldon versus Young Rocky, a short-lived, brutally short um, <laughs> TV show where where a lot of people put a lot of time into writing an entire season worth of scripts. But the only thing that made it to TV was was Sylvester Stallone um, hitting a young boy on the mouth and filming is subsequently stopped. And when you say made it to TV, you mean to the news. <laughs> to the news. <laughs> yeah, to most wanted videos. Because <laughs> he's on the run now. Uh, thank you for joining us, Two Professional Friends, uh, where we discuss... Great ideas for great television shows. Uh, we hope that you join us next week for another mm. exciting installment. Well plugged. Bye. As always, we're your professional friends. Bye. Bye.